your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So we are back today with another episode for this podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to touch on some weird Evgeny Malkin discourse here in the first segment because I really don't understand uh, why the hell everyone is just going after him. It just really is just kind of getting annoying at this point. And then the second segment, I will be going over um, a Penguins goaltending rumor that I saw today, I think, from Pittsburgh Hockey Now uh, when Dan Kongerski talked to someone within the Penguins organization. So um, we'll see if that comes to fruition, but I will be going over that in the second segment of today's show. And then for the third segment, um, I'll go around the league a little bit, touch on the playoff series that I'm thinking so far as I did on Friday's episode, uh, while also touching a little bit more on some other Penguin stuff. But okay, let's get to this whole Evgeny Malkin discourse and why um, his haters and a lot of people bashing Evgeny Malkin, basically the same people, need to shut the hell up. Um, What Evgeny Malkin did coming back from this injury is nothing short of extraordinary. And I'm sorry, this is probably going to be a long rant, um, but I just feel like I have to say my mind because I'm really tired of this. Um, uh, in Rob Rossi's story on The Athletic, in case you all did not read it, um, he, he reported that uh, Malkin played on two torn ligaments uh, in his knee in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It obviously was not the ACL because if it was the ACL, uh, he probably would not be able to walk right now. So my guess is, you know, I'm not a medical expert here or something, he played on a partially torn PCL and an MCL. He basically played on one knee, had five points in four games, and was one of their best players since coming back. And the people here that are just shitting on him and calling him a bunch of bad words and just saying like, oh, he's lazy, you know, he's he's old, he doesn't have it anymore. I don't know where this stuff came from, but it needs to stop. I've also seen people saying that they should expose him uh, to Seattle in the expansion draft. Um, no, that's not happening. And I really wish everyone would just learn what a no-movement clause is. In case anyone does not know what a no-movement clause is, speaking at you, Evgeny Malkin haters, uh, it means that he cannot move unless he wants to. And, you know, he has never wanted to move at all during his Penguins tenure. If he wanted to move people, he probably would have done it about six to seven years ago before they won those back-to-back Stanley Cups. If he really wanted to be um, the franchise on another team, he would have asked out a long time ago. He purposely wanted to stay with Sidney Crosby because he is best friends with Sid and he loves playing in front of Pittsburgh. That is it. That's the bottom line. He deserves to retire as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization nothing else needs to be added. I mean, this is he has secured his legacy here as one of the four best players to ever play on this team, and that's not even debatable. You know, it's obviously Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, Yager and Malkin. You want to flip-flop them, it doesn't really matter. You can put him at three or four. He is one of the four best players to ever play for this franchise. He is also arguably the greatest Russian player in NHL history. And no, I don't think that's a homer take or just a hot take at all. I understand what Alex Ovechkin has done with him being the greatest goal scorer of all time. Um, but in terms of other Russian players, of you know, Pavel Datsuk and Sergei Fedorov and Alexander Malgoni and so many other great Russian players to have played in this league, Evgeny Malkin is arguably the greatest Russian player in 
NHL history with what he has accomplished and what he has done at the NHL level. So I'm just really sick and tired of seeing this stuff. I mean, Ron Hextall literally said at his end of season press conference that he is going to come back this year and that they are working on a contract extension that would have him retire as a Penguin forever. This is going to be a player that will be in the rafters long after his playing days are over. It'll probably be right when he retires. They will have a, a retirement ceremony that next season and retire his jersey. That is how quick it's going to be. It's going to be the same with Cindy Crosby. And yes, it is going to be the same with Yarmir Yager whenever he stops playing um, in the Czech Republic for whatever league that he plays for, whatever team he plays for. Um, apologies on that. But this is also a player that has given it all for this franchise. Like I said, people, he played on one freaking leg in the Stanley Cup playoffs because he knew that this was one of their last best shots to go to the Stanley Cup final and win a fourth Stanley Cup in the Sid Gino era. And he was over a point-per-game player. He had one hell of a wrist shot on the power play in Game 5 where it looked like he didn't even miss a beat. And it's like, wow, he's playing on one knee with that. And then Game 6 is one of the best players out there. His skating looks like it was when he was fully healthy. And it's like, I don't know how you can question his compete level, his effort, laziness, defense, whatever. I understand that sometimes he takes dumb penalties. I mean, don't all NHL players. And yes, you know, he, he can do some lazy things at times, but the good so far badly outweighs the bad. And I am really sick and tired of people criticizing him at every gaping moment. I mean, if this were a North American player who played on one knee in the Stanley Cup playoffs, everyone would be just bending over backwards to defend him, saying what a warrior he is, what a godsend of a player he is. Man, he, he's so tough and all that. But yet, when a Russian player like Malkin does this, Oh, he's a child. He stinks. All this other xenophobic garbage. And it really is just pathetic, I think, at this point. You know, let's just say his name was, I'll use Crosby's last name, Eugene Crosby or something like that. Say the Penguins didn't have Cindy Crosby. And his last name was Eugene Crosby and had, had the same stats, except he's from Canada. Everyone would be saying how great of a warrior he is, how tough he is. Like, wow, you know, this is, this is the definition of a real hockey player right now. But, you know, for some reason, because he's Russian, you know, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. I've never really understood it. And this goes for, you know, all Russian players too. I mean, I've seen the same thing thrown around with Alex Ovechkin for being lazy, you know, not caring and all that. Yet, he's the greatest goal scorer in NHL history, in my opinion at least. And he's also won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. So, um, I really don't know where this weird discourse comes from. And I get it that Malkin is a polarizing player. But again, he's one of the four best players to ever play for this franchise and has given everything to them and then some. You remember, all of, everyone remembers 2009, right? Won the con Smythe that year. He was on a different level in those playoffs. 2016 comes around. Sure, he's a bit banged up going into it, but he still plays some really good hockey. 2017, it was honestly a toss-up who you could give the con Smythe to. You could have given it to Sidney Crosby, which he obviously got, or you can you could have given it to Evgeny Malkin. I would not have cared because they were both playing at the same elite level that entire postseason. You know, like I said, they don't win these three Stanley Cups without him. Hell, they don't have any of this success during these last 15, 16 years without him in the lineup. And again, if he really wanted to leave, he would have asked out a long time ago. Now, he's one year away from unrestricted free agency. He knows he wants to finish his career in Pittsburgh. I've read the story from Rob Rossi where he wants to sign a three to four year deal to play here with his last contract, retire, and then go back to Russia to be with his family. Or I think he also wants to have a house in Florida because that's where he trains during the offseason. You know, this is where Gino wants to be. These Gino haters just need to suck it up because he's not going to go anywhere. He is going to retire as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Bank on it. Put a stamp on it. 
I'm not going to get old takes exposed on this one as I have in the past for so many other things. He is not going anywhere. And I really wish, like I said, people would understand what a no movement clause is. Because all these people say, oh yeah, trade Malkin, trade Malkin this, oh get, get him out of town, you know, just have him leave. Again, educate yourself on what the heck a no movement clause is because the Penguins cannot trade him unless they have his permission. And oh yeah, this decision also goes through Mario Lemieux. And he's given no indication that he ever wants to let him getting Malkin go because he still has a sour taste in his mouth with how Yarmir Yager's tenure ended here with Pittsburgh. But okay, that is my rant on the Evgeny Malkin situation. He's not going anywhere. He shouldn't go anywhere. And if you're still hating on Evgeny Malkin in the year 2021, uh, you probably should not be a Pittsburgh Penguins fan anymore. I, I honestly can't be more clear than that. Go find a new team to root for if you're just going to hate on Evgeny Malkin for no reason with what he has done for this franchise ever since he came into the league. But before we do get to the next segment for some goalie talk from Pittsburgh Hockey Now, it's time to talk about Wealthfront, stonks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. They can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. They are trusted with over $20 billion of assets. You can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash NHL to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. One more time, Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. We also cannot forget about Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in 3 flavors, cinnamon, wintergreen, and pomegranate. Lucy Lagenis and gums are also all FCA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy Nicotine Gum or Los Genis. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down to a T. Locked on NHL Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So um, I, I was checking out Pittsburgh Hockey Now today uh, because Dan Kongurski did a story on what the Penguins might be doing this summer, and he talked to someone within the Penguins organization, and it sounds like that they are going to be looking for a veteran goalie on the market this summer. That's no surprise if you all have been listening to me for the last week, week and a half, ever since the Penguins have been eliminated. I have been saying for a long time now that they need to go out and get a veteran goalie to push Tristan Jari, because if Jari does struggle again, and there's a very real chance that that could happen, they need someone to be there that has veteran experience, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs. And this name that uh, Dan gives us has a lot of both. So he did speak to someone, like I said, within the Penguins organization, and 
Um, the source gave him the name Frederick Anderson as someone who the Penguins are really taking a long look at right now since the Maple Leaf season has ended. Of course, they blew a 3-1 lead to the Montreal Canadiens, and no, I could not get through that without chuckling to myself a little bit. But you know, Anderson has definitely been interesting. As Dan notes, he's going to turn 32. Um, he was definitely very injury-riddled this season, only played 24 games, um, was 8.95 save percentage, 2.95 goals against average. He also notes in his piece, um, his goal saved above average was well below what it normally is. It was at minus 7.31, which, yes, is one of the worst marks in the league. And I will say this season was an outlier for him. He's usually been relatively healthy throughout his career. Last season before that, 909 for the Maple Leafs. Before that, 917, 918, 918. So right around 920 for his career. His career save percentage is 915. His career goals against average is 2.65. Um, he's been in the top 10 for the Vesna a couple times. But you know, that being said, he is a bit older now. Um, he'll like he will be 32 when the season starts. You're probably only looking at a short-term deal for him. I I would guess um probably around a two-year deal, maybe. I don't know. You probably don't want to give him more than four million per, but even there, I think it's a bit of a stretch. Um, with how he played this season. If it is somewhere like two years, eight million, it's not going to kill you. But I mean, are you also going to pay a goalie like that four million to sit on the bench half the time? I think if you want to pay a goalie that kind of money, you would have them start most of your games because you already are paying Tristan Jari three and a half million per. And then, oh yeah, you also have Casey DeSmith, who would be the third goalie on the team. And, you know, I don't think Anderson would be that bad of an option, but you have to make sure that, you know, his injury troubles are behind him. In my personal opinion, I think there are better options out there for the Penguins. Again, like Alinus Olmark, who was a career 9-15 goalie with the Buffalo freaking Sabres. I mean, he put up decent numbers for them this year, and that was the worst team in hockey, people. I know they won the number one overall pick because, you know, they had the, they had the best odds for it, and he was hurt a bunch. But when he was healthy, he still put up good numbers. But it'll be interesting to see if Buffalo um, can afford to lose him because um, they got to give their fans some semblance of hope with how, you know, Jack Eichel's probably going to get traded for huge package and you know what's going to happen with Rasmus Ristolainen and then you know does Sam Reinhardt want to be there you know they got to be able to sign someone back so I think they're probably going to give it their all to try to bring back Olmark. Peter Morozik makes a lot of sense I know he gave up um, six goals in game four against Tampa as the Hurricanes are now down three games to one but overall he has a pretty decent sample size for his NHL career too. I mean, he's a career 9-11 goalie this year. Um, only played 12 games, very short sample size, but was 9-23. That was his best save percentage uh, since 2014 when he was with the Red Wings. The year before that in Carolina was 9-05, and the year before that, 9-14. So he's, he's had some decent years. I mean, you probably could get him um, two years, maybe not even $3 million per is my guess. I mean, he's 29 years old, um, so he'll be 30 during the part of next season. I'd much rather pay um, someone like that on a two-year deal than someone like Frederick Anderson, who is going to be 32 during next season. And I also think that his best days are definitely behind him at this point, at least in my opinion. But all that being said, they still need to go out and get a goal. You you, you, you can't go back with Jari and Desmond next season without um, getting a veteran goaltender. I, I get that they want someone with playoff experience. I mean, when you watch this series, I mean, there's only really one reason why the Penguins lost this anyway, and that was due, you know, one goaltender was really good, and then the other was not so good. But, you know, I, I also want someone that can actually stay healthy. Just this last season with Anderson really concerned me, and then how he lost his job when Jack Campbell came in and played really well. 
Um, I, I don't really know the details surrounding Anderson's injury. I don't even really know if he was backing Campbell up in the playoffs. If I remember he serves me right, I don't even think he was. I think the, the backup was someone else. And he was also struggling when he was playing with the Toronto Marlies um, when he was on his uh, conditioning assignment down there. Uh, he was giving up, I think, way too many goals for them. So um, we'll see if he is 100% healthy. Um, there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. I, I do think the Penguins should be interested, but you know that being said, my personal opinion is that they should go for someone again, like a Peter Morozik, like a Linus Olmark, or if they want to aim higher, you know, go out and maybe somehow get Robin Leonard from Vegas, though. You know, I could also see Vegas going back with Leonard and Flurry next season. I mean, maybe they make a call to try to go get Mark Andre Flurry, but with how uh Flower is playing uh this season and in the playoffs, especially against Colorado, which I'm gonna touch on um in the next segment, I really don't see um, the Golden Knights trading him at all. He's definitely, I think, going to finish his career there. I know some weird people have been saying that, oh yeah, he finds his way back to the Penguins at some point. I really don't see it. I I'll die on that hill. I think uh, Flower will retire as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. But before we do get to the next segment, it's time to talk about one thing, one of my favorite uh, snacks throughout the day, and that is Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors well, you are missing out. A few of them, as I've always said, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, and my favorite, the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have a 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the others have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. You can order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Remember, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I'm going to go around the league a little bit, you know, talk about my thoughts on the playoff series thus far. Uh, I guess I'll start with the most hilarious one, and that's uh, Montreal being up 3-0 on Winnipeg. It is so funny to me that you're going to have an 18th place team from the regular season gonna go to the Stanley Cup semifinals. I mean, it doesn't get any more NHL than that. I think Adam Gretz had a great take over the weekend, if I remember this correctly. You know, they, they basically like sum up like the, the perfect NHL team almost. I, I gotta find the tweet here. Ah, here it is. Okay, so this is what Adam said. It feels like, Mon like I said, yeah, it's, it's the perfect team for the NHL. Are they good, question mark? Who knows? Is every game close? Hell yeah, goalie that can swing those close games their way? You bet. Then you turn around and they're on the verge of the Stanley Cup semifinals. I mean, th that is just, you, you can't say it any more perfectly than that. But we don't even know if they're good. We don't even know how good they'll be next year when the divisions go back to the usual alignment and then who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs. I mean, is every game close? Yeah, because that's how Montreal plays. They're one of those really stingy defensive teams. I mean, they beat Winnipeg 1-0 in one of the games and it's like, wow, this is a far cry from Vegas, Colorado, where it's just a scoring chance basically every shift for both teams. I mean, it's like we're. It's like I'm watching two different sports when I watch those two series. And yes, they have a goalie in Carey Price that can swing those close games their way. And I will say this on the podcast: I think playoff Carey Price is a real thing. I mean, he definitely has stunk a lot in the regular season these last couple of years. But you know, play playoff Carey Price is alive and well right now, and he's given Montreal some damn good goaltending in both these series. He's honestly uh, left off 
where he was last season when he basically took out the Penguins by himself and then almost took out the Philadelphia Flyers as well. I know they lost that series in six games, but Price was spectacular, I thought, through that series. So it's going to be funny when Montreal probably gets blasted by one of Vegas or Colorado because um, if they do play Colorado, I don't think Montreal even wins a game off them. And then if it's Vegas, I can maybe only see them winning one game. It's just that that series is going to be a disaster. Um, speaking of that Vegas-Colorado series, if that series could go to be a best of nine, I would absolutely love it. I mean, <laughs> these two teams just need to play, you know, the first one to five games. I mean, and the funny thing is, you know, I know I've talked a lot about the Avalanche on this podcast and I've really hyped them up, but they've played like utter garbage these last three games. I mean, they kind of got lucky they won game two. They, I mean, the funny thing is they were six minutes away from winning game three, but then Vegas mercifully tied it and then won it Um late in regulation and then last night they just took a dump on Colorado and the, the Avalanche need to figure this out you know maybe being on home ice will help but they have been badly outplayed in these last two games you know if, if it wasn't for uh, Vegas spotting them a game with Leonard starting in game one and the Avalanche just not blitzing them out of the gate I mean this could be a three games to one series lead right now for the Golden Knights I 100% believe that or heck, you know, what, what What am I saying? Even with the Avalanche winning that game, I, I'm just like, I'm having a case in the Mondays here, people, you know. If, if Vegas would have won game two, which I think they deserve to win that game, um, they could 100% be up three games to one right now. But as you know, the old saying goes, it's not, well, the series isn't really over until you lose on home ice. We'll see if Vegas can beat Colorado in Denver. That game five will be tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Tide. I still have Colorado winning that series. Um, but you know they, they need to wake up and they need to do it fast because McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen um, have been really shut down these last few games and they are just not getting anything going at 5v5. But this series is living up to the hype. This is, these are the two best teams in the league. Well, two of the three best teams in the league, at least in my opinion, and they're giving us a series for the ages. Switching it over to the Central, again, you know, Tampa up three games to one. This is not surprising to me. I said going into this that this is a case of big brother versus little brother. Carolina models their roster after Tampa Bay. It's just Tampa Bay has more skill at their forward and defense positions, and oh yeah, they have the best goaltender in the world. You know, I, I understand, I guess, why Rod Brindamore went to Peter Morozik, but, you know, after giving up six goals in Game 4, and that was a game that the Hurricanes had to have, and they were winning it for a while. I mean, they were down a couple goals, Carolina storms back to take a 4-2 lead, then they start taking penalties, and you cannot do that against Tampa Bay, where they can throw out Kucherov, and Stamkos, and Point, and Hedman, and Palat, and whoever else they want to throw out there on their power play units, because they they will make you pay every single time. It is the best power play in the league for a reason. They have some of the best elite talent in the league. And like I said, they will just they will score on you at will. And that's what they did to win game four. So they go back to Carolina with a three games to one lead. Uh, game five will be tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time in Raleigh. Um, but again, I, I had Tampa winning this series. I am going to stick with that. I think they will go to the Stanley Cup semifinals uh, with a chance to go back to the final to defend their throne. And then lastly, let's get to this Boston Islanders series. Um, this That Islanders game four was, I think, the be their best game of the series. Probably their best playoff game they've played, I think, since game four um, against Pittsburgh. I think after that, they were outplayed in um, the, their next five playoff games to a pretty significant margin. Um, but when the Islanders took the lead with about five to six minutes to go, 
in game four. Um, that was some of the best lockdown defense you'll see. And obviously, you know, kudos to Barry Trotz, his system, when they take the lead. It's boring, but it's very effective. And each player knows their role. Um, but, you know, it's definitely, I didn't expect it to be 2-2 through four games. I actually thought this would be 3-1 Boston going back uh, to TD Garden. But the Islanders, you know, they're doing what they do best, and that's proving people wrong. And just, you know, like I said, Barry Trotz is a top five coach in the league for a reason. It's still weird when I watch the Islanders. I don't think they're that good, but there's just something about them in the playoffs that they just elevate their game. And, you know, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, someone I always wanted the Penguins to get, he's been lights out for them, um, not only against the Penguins, but um, against the Bruins as well. I will say about that whole Barzell um, Cray Cheek incident, um, again, another little mini rant here about the officiating. Um, it, that David Cray Cheek sphere to the nuts, which they somehow called a slash, which was just um, pretty hilarious that they called it a slash because it was a spear to the nuts. Um, but that doesn't happen if the ref just actually calls Matt Barzell for one of the four to five cross checks that he put on David Krejcik. It's like, it's open season out there, and then when someone finally pushes back and then spears Barzell in the nuts, which you obviously can't do, that that's a stupid play, that you're going to get penalized for that every time, you know, that's when you call a penalty. It's like, you got to at least even it up for two minutes, and then if you want to call a major, they can have a power play for three minutes, but, you know, that had, that had to have been evened up, because Barzell gave him at least, like I said, four to five, maybe even six cross checks. It's just, the officiating in the playoffs always is a joke and, and it's just not going to get any better um, as we get deeper and deeper into this NHL postseason. I still have the Bruins in six games. I think they win game five. Um, I believe game five is tonight, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time at TD Garden. And then tonight we will also see the Jets and the Canadians uh, as Montreal will go for the sweep against uh, Winnipeg. And yes, uh, it will be pretty funny if Winnipeg followed the Islanders suit from 2019 where they sweep the Oilers, but then they get swept themselves in the next round. And oh yeah, everyone, I think this just goes to show how bad the Edmonton Oilers were this season if they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets because the Jets have looked absolutely awful um, in this series. They had nothing going yesterday in Montreal. I think the Habs actually wrapped this up tonight, especially with how Carey Price is playing. Um, and again, you know, it's just, it's funny to me that they're going to be the team that coming out of the North Division to get to the Stanley Cup semifinals, even though I don't think they have a prayer against one of Vegas or Colorado. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I hope you all uh, enjoyed listening to this one, especially with my Malkin rant and then thoughts on Frederick Anderson and, of course, the playoffs. We'll do another one of these tomorrow where I'll come up with some more topics to bring you guys. I'm actually going to start, I think, my season review soon for the team and go player by player and how I think each player performed and how I think each player will do next season. I'm assuming that almost all these players will be back. I'm sure there's going to be, obviously, some changes with the expansion draft and maybe some trades and all that. But I am going to be starting my season reviews uh, very soon for you all. So keep it right here on Locked on Penguins, and I look forward to chatting with you all on Tuesday.